Welcome to another episode of Rejoicing Daily with your host, Rebecca Brandt. She has a heart to help all families find the joy and beauty of our daily lives, not living in negativity, but truly counting our blessings. The show is based on that beautiful verse in Psalm 118 verse 24 that says, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Join Rebecca and her special guests as they share insights for Rejoicing Daily. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Rejoicing Daily on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show. Um, Today I have a very special guest, Carrie Beck from How to Homeschool My Child. Carrie has been an inspiration to me for the past couple of years in helping my children learn to write as well as um, some tough spots in math as she's introduced me to some very fun um, living math books that help us take a break from the textbooks that we use. Um, She gives great Facebook parties. She just has a wealth of knowledge through her website, her Facebook page, her YouTube videos are fantastic through Pinterest and Twitter. Carrie, thank you for joining us today. Can you share um, some things about your home, your decision to homeschool, and then a little topic called private school as well? Sure, no problem. First of all, thanks so much for having me today. I'm excited to be with you, and I've just enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more over the past couple years as well. So, um, yes, our family, let's see, just so you know who I am, uh, I'm married to Steve. I have three kids. The oldest is Ashley. She is married and expecting our first grandchild and is actually a public school teacher with at-risk kids. Uh, Our middle daughter is Gentry. She works in marketing at SMU in their athletic department. And then our youngest is Hunter, and he is studying finance at Mays Business School at Texas A&M. So all my kids, I've finished that homeschool journey myself. Um, They're all grown, and it's sort of been interesting to watch them all go in three different paths. Um, As far as homeschooling, we didn't do anything the normal way. I didn't uh, when my kids were born. I didn't know. Oh, I'm going to homeschool. Um, I didn't really know what I was going to do. When our oldest was ready to go to kindergarten, we weren't sure what to do. And homeschooling at the time really wasn't an option. I really didn't have a very good attitude about homeschooling at that time. So we were really considering a private school or the public school, and we ended up sending Ashley to a Christian school here in town. But by about fourth grade, they were just having some issues, and it was just not meeting the needs of my kids. We were having more issues with our kids than the school was helping. And so really as a last resort, we decided to homeschool. Um, I had sort of told my husband that I didn't ever want to homeschool. He actually would say it publicly in Sunday school, and I'm like, well, serves us right for saying something, but... God has a sense of humor, and he brought us into the homeschool world, and I am so glad that he did because um, it was just, it was a privilege to educate our kids at home. It was also um, just a really good time of family bonding. You know, our kids had ups and downs. We homeschooled for 10 years. They had ups and downs. Sometimes they liked it. Sometimes they didn't. But all of them now, looking back, I think are really grateful for what they learned in homeschool and just the way that that prepared them for you know for college or for adult life as well. And um, and that's exciting to see as well. 
Um, let's see, we homes actually the very first year we homeschooled, my son Hunter was five years old, and since even though I was a public school teacher with my master's in education and curriculum. I still wasn't quite sure about this homeschool thing and what I was going to do. So we put him at the private school for kindergarten. It was a half-day kindergarten, and I started homeschooling Ashley and Gentry just to sort of get my feet on the ground and sort of figure out what we wanted to do and whether this was really what God wanted us to be doing. And um, after a year, we decided to keep homeschooling. It was a bit of an adjustment for my middle daughter, Gentry. She was uh, she's a very social person. She's always had lots of friends and always doing something. So I really had to work hard at doing that academics, teaching what I felt like God wanted me to teach, and still making sure that they had some friends and some interaction with other kids their age. We started a girls' club that first year and would meet once a week at a different family's house and do some fun activities. So anyway, we homeschooled for 10 years. We'll just fast forward, because I know I've talked to you about this, Rebecca. And um, we had... um, we were coming home from Idaho. We had moved to Idaho for my husband to go to seminary. And um, the girls had graduated. Ashley was actually doing her college online. Gentry was about to start uh, Blend Junior College here for a year and then move over to A&M when we got back to Texas. And Hunter was going to be in 10th grade. And I just kept thinking, we're going to homeschool, we're going to homeschool. And yet he and my husband Steve, both were thinking maybe we should put him at that Christian school. So I was here for about five weeks, five or six weeks, trying to get the house ready. And I started visiting with some of my homeschool friends who had actually moved their kids over to the little Christian school here in town and asked them why they did it, you know, what was going on, what was their experience, and mostly because. Unfortunately, I'm probably a little too proud, and I thought, well, I can teach him just as well as anyone else could. Um, You know, I know the things that I think he should learn, but unfortunately, God had other ideas, but he started using some of those homeschool moms in my life to just say, you know, it would be okay to put your kids at this Christian school. And so, you know, I was praying all through that summer, you know, God, if you really want him to go to the Christian school, then we will, you know, that's fine, but I'm still not real sure about it. And um, we moved all our stuff down in July. We kept praying about it, talking about it, and Steve and I about a week beforehand, I should back up a little, the the decision wasn't very urgent because his class was completely full. They were starting a waiting list. So it wasn't like we needed to grab a spot or anything. Um, so all summer long I prayed about it. Steve and I talked about it. And about a week before school started, it was a Monday, and I told, um, and we had decided, okay, we're just going to put him on the waiting list. So Hunter's actually, you know, learning to drive. He drives me up there, and I go on inside and talk to the registrar, and I say, we'd like to turn the application in. We'd like to put Hunter on the waiting list. She says, okay. She said, just a minute, sit down. So I sat down and was waiting for her, and she looked. She said, there's a spot in his class. I went, what? And she says, we had someone drop out last night. I'm like, really? (laughs) And I was shocked. I mean, 
if nothing else, God was like, okay, this is where I want him, and here I'm going to show you very clearly, you know, there hadn't been room at all until you showed up and put his application in, and now there's a spot for him. It's less than 24 hours. No one else has even had a chance, really, to get in there, and it was one week before school started. Wow. So it was it was amazing, and it really helped me as a mom know that we were really doing what God wanted us to do. Um, I walked back outside and got in the car. I said, well, and he goes, well, did you turn it in? I said, yeah, um, I guess you're going there next year. And he looked at me like in total shock. I go, well, uh, Nellie Hilner dropped out last night, and so um, so there's a spot for you. So I guess you can start football practice this week too. So, I mean, he was ecstatic, um, you know. And it ended up being just one of the best experiences for him as well. You know, I know that's where God wanted him. He had Christian teachers, mostly males, at that school. He had Christian male coaches because he played football and basketball and golf and tennis. And so he had a lot of male input. And even though Steve had input as a dad, he was gone because he was working. It wasn't like he was with Hunter, you know, 24-7. We spent evenings together. But I just think those male, those men had an influence and an impact on him that as a mom I couldn't really have at that time, or at least that's how God wanted uh, us to handle it with our family. So that's a quick synopsis, maybe a little drawn out. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I I think that's great, and I and the what you said last is is I think what's so important, and so many people can miss out on. What does God want from you? Not what is everyone else doing? What are your friends going to say um, if you don't homeschool all your children? Um, where does God want that child? Where does God want to use your family? Um, because in many situations, that gives you more opportunities to minister outside of your home as well. Um, homeschooling is, right now, that's where we have all of our children. Is that where they'll be in the future? We don't know. It, we're, we're leaving it up to God. Um, right now, we say yes, but, you know, what if he presents a situation to us like, like you had? In a, not a situation, but opportunity. Um, and I think that's how we have to look at it. Um, okay, so one one thing I want to know is I have several friends who whose children are in private school. And I, the private school they go to, it's about 20 miles away. And they look at me and say, hey, Rebecca, I can't homeschool. And I'm like, well, you know what? I could not sit in that car for 45 <laughs> minutes a day. That would just drive me crazy. And so I love that, that we can be honest with one another. They don't try and talk me into going to private school. I don't try and talk them into homeschooling because I know that they are godly people who have prayed over where they should be. Um, but one thing that, that I really would love for you to share, because this is something that um, that we experienced when we first started homeschooling. My daughter was home and our youngest was home, but our middle, our yeah, our oldest child was still in school. Um, mm. And the schedule between getting him to school and getting him home from school and knowing what field trips he was going to be on and trying to maintain the two schedules stretched me a bit. How did you manage that? How did you manage your homeschool schedule as well as a private school schedule and everything that goes along with that? Well, I will say we I feel like I had two lives in the private school. We had it in the beginning when the kids were younger. And there was really only for me personally one year that we actually homeschooled and private schooled and that was when Hunter was in kindergarten. 
and I just dragged my two daughters with us wherever. You know, there was a field trip because I was one of those field trip moms I wanted to help and do. So I would just go and do that with them and tell my, you know, my girls would just come with me. And it was okay. I knew his teacher, and it was still, you know, they were young. And so um, I just felt like, well, this will be an educational opportunity for them as well. Um, You know, I... I would say then on the other hand, when we moved to the older part, my girls were, there's a few things. My girls were older, and so they were driving and doing their own thing. And actually, there was only the first year um, he was in 10th grade, I was trying to think, we, um, you know, he couldn't drive by himself. Other than that, he was able to drive. Once they start driving, that frees you up a little bit as well. Um so I never really had to worry too much about balancing that schedule. I would say um, the thing we struggled the most with was maybe the schedules in the afternoon with activities, and there was a time period I thought, all right, I am like chauffeuring all, every afternoon all the time. This has got to stop somehow. And I don't know, the kids were in elementary school, and I was like, okay, Next time, next year, when next year comes around, y'all are only picking two activities and they're not at the same time. And I just really felt like we had gotten so busy doing a bunch of things that, you know, it was, it was, we were, I was at my wits end. I was frustrated and then I would take it out on my kids as well. And so I just realized, one, they weren't going to be in competitive sports, although they played sports. It was more like little league local type sport things but we weren't going to be this family that was gone every weekend and um and they weren't going to be doing something every afternoon all year long and so they just had to make choices during the year so that's one thing the other thing i laugh about when you're talking about your private school friends um i have to tell you my least favorite thing in my entire life i think uh, maybe not, but pretty much is sitting in a carpool line. I was so thankful when we went home and started homeschooling because I didn't have to sit in that carpool line anymore. And, you know, so I've seen both sides of it. I love my house. I love being at home with my kids. I love doing activities uh, with them and reading books together and, you know, that type of thing. But I don't like sitting in a carpool line. So <laughs> No, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> and and my friends, you know, they are so blessed because they have found a school that that fits everything they wanted for their family. Um, mm-hmm. But they're not just sitting in a carpool line. I mean, it's it's twenty miles of Atlanta. I know urban Atlanta traffic, and I you know what that's like. <laughs> oh yes, I know. It was when we came in Friday night two weeks ago. It was ten thirty, and it was bumper to bumper on parts of the highway. I was like, yeah. oh yeah. yuck. <laughs> Um, when we were thinking about moving down here, we, we flew down in 99 for me to have my interview. And um, mm. when we flew in, we flew in at like 10, I don't know, 10 o'clock. And we got the rental car and we got in the rental car. So we were at 1030. We were on the highway. And I remember looking at my husband going, shouldn't these people be at work? Yeah. It was just insane to me that there were so many people still out on the highway. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting. So usually I'll have my cup of coffee when I see them leaving during the week. There's pros and cons either way. Yeah, there are. The point is, is you have to find where God wants your family. Um, and, and we've got to stop this mindset where it's, it's just one way and everybody has to do things one way. 
there is there truly is only one way, and that's God's way, and that's God's way for each individual person. Yeah, I completely agree, and I do think we need to give leeway to people because we don't always understand, and some kids have special needs, and sometimes they can be met outside the home, you know. So we do. I agree with you. I think the biggest thing is, you know, praying, 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 and then talking to your spouse, you know, just to make sure y'all are on board together. Definitely, that's so key. So key. Um, and now your family. It's, it's just amazing to me when I go through your blog and I read some of the things that you guys do. Um, and one thing you and I have actually talked about in the past is your mission trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've homeschooled, you've had a child in private school, and on top of that, you have taken your whole family on mission trips together. Can you share some of the places that you've been? How did you manage that as a family? And how can you encourage other families to not be overwhelmed by either the passport process or um, raising funds to do it? That's sure. a lot there. Oh, I know. Well, and I will just tell you, our Steve in my heart has always been for missions, and I think that's been one thing. When he um, got his degree, he switched over mid-college years to agronomy because he was going to be a missionary in Africa. He told him, or he told me, he's like, I'm never going to be a missionary in Central America. I'm going to go to Africa. So, you know, when I got married, I fully expected us to be on the mission field, and once again, that isn't where God led us. Um, and yet he did lead Steve into construction, which has been so helpful when we have gone on our mission trips. He's led, you know, teams in construction, building walls or fixing things at the mission or whatever. So, you know, sometimes we think one way, but God's got a different plan for us. And with my education background um, and just working with kids, we've just had a nice blend, the two of us as adults, to be able to, if we can find the right mission trip that's working with kids or construction, it's a nice blend with the gifts God's given us. Now, when our kids were little, I really need to find out how old. I'm thinking Hunter was like three or four years old, so Ashley was about seven or eight, our college class would go would drive down to Mexico and um, for a week and work in a mission there, do vacation Bible school in the afternoon, do some revivals in the evening, and in the mornings they would um, like work on projects, work projects. And so for three, I think we went three different years, we would join them. Now, We were blessed because we were part of the leadership, so it didn't cost us as much to be able to get down there. And really, I think that's one of the only reasons we could have afforded it at that time. Also, at that time, one, Mexico wasn't as dangerous. It was less than a day's drive. We weren't going to the border. We were actually going about five or six hours into the mountains of Mexico. And you didn't need a passport to to go into Mexico, so we did need birth certificates. So, um, you know, that part seemed to flow okay. And to be honest, I've never had a fear of traveling or doing any of that kind of stuff. I talked to my mom yesterday or two days ago on Mother's Day. We were at there, and she couldn't believe I had gone on a trip to Washington, D.C. by myself with the chamber and checked into a hotel by myself. She's like, I could never do that. So traveling has never been a real issue for me, but for other people that might be a real scary type thing, and I understand that. Um, so we've been, we've gone down there. One of the biggest things we wanted our kids to see is 
there are other people in other places that don't have near as much as we do. We take so much for granted. So just from a materialistic standpoint, we wanted our kids to see that. We also wanted them to be able to see that you can serve God outside of your community. And, you know, you might think, well, what can a three-, four-, five-year-old do on a mission trip? Well, every time we would go to a village for vacation Bible school, we play softball or kickball or something like that. Well, those kids, you know, they'd run to my kids. All you know, The language barrier didn't matter, and they would play with each other. And we have pictures of my son and the pastor's son sitting in dirt with bottle caps playing with kids. You know, it, kids just, I think, instantly attract to each other. So that would then draw those kids into vacation Bible school. Although my kids couldn't teach the story or anything, they would hold up the Bible verses or help get the crafts ready and cut yarn or whatever. So, you know, we also have pictures of Hunter painting a wall when he was like four or five down there. So they were able to do things. They didn't really understand all of it or serving God, but it was just part of our life, so it became part of their life. So then it seemed like, again, we fast forward, and as the kids got older, um, and, you know, we were becoming empty nesters, we were really praying we had, felt God pulling take or calling us to work in an orphanage in Central America, which is just the opposite of what Steve thought. But you know, he learned to speak Spanish when we were going down to Mexico. Um he's gone to some other places. He's gone to Nicaragua a few times and I was having babies so we didn't go as a family. He's gone to Haiti. And we've actually taken Hunter to Turkey. But those trips just never seem to mesh well with what the gifts that God's given us. So we started praying, it was about five years ago, for an orphanage that we could go down on a regular basis and just invest in those people and invest from a spiritual aspect as well as a physical helping with their needs. You know, we were, um, Steve was speaking a a month ago and he was reading something he had written five years ago and it, and he had put it away and it basically said he was planning to go to Costa Rica, work in an orphanage, work on his business half a day, work with the kids a half a day, and work with the pastors certain nights. And a year and a half ago, we started going down to San Salvador. It's not Costa Rica. It's still Central America. It's a Spanish-speaking country. And last year, we went three different weeks. We've gone this year at spring break. I'll go again in two weeks, and then we'll go again for two more weeks um, in June and July. And we go down there. We work with an orphanage and the kids there, but we also work in the community, this street that we're on. And we go in, and, you know, it might be painting. It might be last time they tore off a roof and put a new roof off on and new walls now, don't think we're like remodeling like you do in America. We're talking a wall is that corrugated metal, and a roof is corrugated metal, and they have dirt floors. But all of a sudden now they have a roof that doesn't leak anymore. And since they raise money through this group called SHIP, uh, we can do that for free for these people. Well, all of a sudden they're like, why are y'all doing this? Why are y'all helping us? And now we have an opportunity to share the gospel with those people. We have outreaches. We've started taking the kids to a local church. We're working with a local church. There, 20 of the kids are now going to a Christian school down there. And I don't know, Our Ashley, our oldest, went last summer with us. Hunter went at spring break. 
Hunter may go again this summer. We're not quite sure. So somehow it's become sort of a family affair once again. So um, that's, uh, I mean, we've done a lot of stuff. I don't know if that's quite what you're wanting, but that sort of is our story as far as missions. And Stephen and I will continue to keep going down to San Salvador as long as God keeps providing, you know, um, the money and just the opportunity to be able to go down there and work. No, I, th- I think that's great. And I think it's another great testimony as to how um, you listen to, to God's voice because we think that we know and then all of a sudden he changes those plans on us and then instead of going one place, we're going somewhere else. I know. So right about about children. Um, they they just connect so well with other children in any environment. Um, so that's that's a great reminder. Um, but you don't stop there. You don't stop there in your blog. You you equip moms. Um, you have some great products. Like I said, um, you have all of the IEW products for writing. You have some really great living math books. You have videos showing these and helping people get started. Um, one thing I'm curious about is, did you ever use any of those with your son when he was in private school? Um, Go ahead. How did you did you ever have an opportunity or a need to do that? And if so, what did that look like? Um, well, I should back up a little bit. IEW I found the first year we homeschooled, so my kids lived through it for ten years. Um, so they had a pretty good foundation of the writing skills and strategies. By the end, they'd gone through a resource called Elegant Essay, and they practiced writing introductions every, for a week and conclusions for a week and so on and so forth. And, you know, then they learned how to write a good essay, and then they did some high school stuff as well. Um, so I feel like that really had a good foundation for them to carry over wherever they went. I know my girls have said, you know, those are the kinds of things that helped me when I got to college and even afterwards. My daughter writes press releases in the athletic department, that type of thing. Um, Hunter, when he got to high school, they were, his junior, sophomore and junior year, they had a writing curriculum or writing strategy that they used in their humanities class, and it was very specific. So he couldn't necessarily, he wasn't necessarily using um, IEW per se. It wasn't like I was like, here, let's go through part of this IEW resource. But I will say how he did use IEW was, um, you know, they had, I mean, like say an eight-sentence paragraph, and there were certain things as very structured, more structured than I would probably have it, and I think more structured than IEW. But he would go through and work on it, but then he would realize he he was starting his sentences all the same way. And one thing IEW teaches is how to open your sentences different ways, maybe a preposition, maybe um, a clause, those type of things. And so I think he was able to fall back on some of the things that he learned um, in IEW to improve his writing as well, you know, that type of thing. So I think he was able to use some of the strategies that he learned in IEW, and they just transferred over to high school. But I also think when he was filling out applications for college and then also, um, you know, he's this this year in this semester, he told me one of his classes, 
he had to write a 20-page paper and take a final, and those were the only two grades that he got. I was like, whoa. So, you know, I know he continues to have to write essays, and I'm pretty sure he uses some of those same strategies from IEW. You know, that that's good to hear um, about it, full, moving over to college and being able to be used there. I laugh sometimes and tell the kids I should have been born in Missouri because it's called the Show Me State. Um, oh. <laughs> not, it's not that I'm real skeptical of things or what some, you know, some things that are written out on the Internet. But I'm the kind of person where I think, you know, if I want to find a mentor for homeschooling, if I want to find a mentor um, to help me learn something to teach my children, I want to see that that person um, is further down the path. For example, I have a son getting ready to turn 13. I'm not going to go read something from a mom who's writing about a three-year-old little boy and how to how to mother him. Um, oh, yeah. I, I want to see the experience is beyond what I need um, and encourage others to do so as well. So it's um, that's one thing about IEW that I've been impressed with is there have been several people I've met who have said that they have they've seen results. Um, and I and I think that's important. I don't think we should be teaching to test or necessarily teaching to that. But I also don't want to sit and waste my time on products that don't have any results really to show for them. Um, I can, those, I was, go ahead. I was going to say, I have a friend, and she used to always say, well, the proof is in the pudding. You know, look at the kids and what the results are. You know, you, you can't look at someone right now. Look at someone that's further down the road. So I completely agree with you. Yep, you want to see some fruit. Mm-hmm. Fruit grow on a tree the first year. No. <laughs> And some of them, it takes a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the avocado plant. We were talking about planting one the other day, and my husband said, do you know how long those take? And I said, yeah, maybe we shouldn't take one. Maybe we shouldn't plant one. He goes, no, 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 I think we should plant one so that when the kids get married, that can be part of their wedding present is they'll start producing fruit then. And I just kind of looked at him and shook, his, shook my head because I love the fact that he's thinking so far down the road. <laughs> That's um, the truth. But at the same time, I'm thinking, but I want some avocados now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How about we buy a plant that's already grown for us, really? <laughs> and then we'll grow the ones for the kids. There you go. <laughs> um, and now the products that we've been talking about so far, the IEW and the Living Math Books, which are just so much fun. My kids like pulling them out. Um, the story about Zero, he's so funny, and circumference, circumference Pie, is that the name of the book? I don't have one here um, for him. Well, one of um, yeah, there's a circumference series, and then there's two about what's your angle Pythagoras. And I've yes, I haven't read that one yet. That is on the list to read with my oldest this year. Um, he pulled it out the other day. He goes, "Mom, are we going to read this?" I was like, "Yep, we're going to read it together." Um, those can all be found on Carrie's website, "How to Homeschool My Child." Um, I think every home should have it. I don't care if you homeschool, private school, public school, no school. You just need to read them. It just takes math helps it make sense and makes it fun. Um, we're going to move into one last question before we go. Um, I've mentioned Carrie's website and how she just works to encourage so many people. She does some special things around holidays, and she's got some really neat um, devotionals out there, one for Christmas and Easter. Carrie, can you kind of share a little bit about what you have for those um, and just any other holidays and then support that you provide for moms through those. Oh, sure. Um, I will tell you, I started my little holiday stuff um, 
several years ago, um, one of our neighbors here had, is Rick Larson, and he used to do a presentation called Star Bethlehem. And since then, I should say, actually, that started 20 years ago. And we used to watch him at our church do the presentation. He did all this research and did a website. And, um, you know, now it's on DVD. I think you can get it in Walmart or whatever. But um, about 10 years ago, I kept thinking, we need to bring this down to our kids' level. I want to write something. I want to take the information that he has and make it usable for my kids. And so I basically wrote a Bible study for my own kids, just some questions for them to ask. Um, and they had heard the presentation, but, you know, for them to actually read the verses that he's talking about in their Bible and to go through and look at the clues for what is the Star of Bethlehem and I had also read a book a long time ago, The Gospel in the Skies, that my grandmother had given me. And I sort of just used that as well because I think the gospel is in the constellations and in the skies. And I do believe people have come to know Jesus as their Savior through that. It may seem just incomprehensible to us, but God is supernatural and he can do whatever he wants to do. And I've read stories of people that actually became Christians that way. So... Through hearing Rick and working with my kids and then thinking through this little book that I had read before, I started to write that out and I had people interested in it and decided, well, I'm going to make this available to other homeschoolers. I didn't really want to print it, but so I decided just to make it an e-book. So I started with just that particular book. And then from there, it grew into other um, helps or e-books, resources that can help families trying to keep their focus right at Christmas time. Another thing that happened to us as the kids were young at Christmas time is by Christmas Day I was a basket case. I you know, I felt all the pressure on the back of my shoulders and we'd be riding from Steve's family's house to my family's house Christmas afternoon. I'd be in tears saying, You never do anything. It's all I have to do everything for Christmas and uh, you know, we had just done way too much for those weeks between November and Christmas. And I just had to take a step back. And I realized that Steve didn't want to be doing all those activities. He didn't want everything. He wanted to have, you know, some quiet evenings. He wanted to enjoy our family at Christmas time. He wanted to keep the focus on God. And so I personally had to take a step back and respect my husband and come up again with a little two plan and decide we're only going to do two activities outside our house during Advent. And so that's what we did. And as I worked through that a little bit more, I started writing some of that down and came up with a book of some different ways that we celebrate Christmas, things we do around the house, things that we do to make it more of a family celebration, a way to keep our kids' eyes focused on God and not all the gimme, 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 ways that they could serve others. We, When they were younger, they would um, raise money and buy a gift for a missionary family that was overseas. And so, you know, I just share a bunch of ideas in that ebook. So that's sort of where all that came about. I've got some resources at Christmas time that have to do with that. Then a few years ago, I started thinking, you know, the In the Rick Star Bethlehem presentation says, um, talks about the skies at Easter time and the blood moon. So a few years ago, I thought, you know, I'm going to do something with the skies of Easter. So I started doing some more research with that. 
and eventually wrote a little Bible study for the skies at Easter and then found some other stuff, you know, worked out some little resources that go along with it. So that's really where my Christmas and Easter comes around. Um, a lot of my stuff at Easter I do have on my blog and, uh, you know, like a passion reading schedule, passion week reading schedule that's for free. And, you know, I've got lots of object lessons at that time because I feel like we spend so much time and there's so much emphasis on Christmas and there is just gobs of stuff out there. At Easter, I don't think there's quite as much helps for Christian families. You know, it's just, oh, get a new dress and you dye some Easter eggs, maybe go to a Good Friday service. Um, and I just felt like there are other things that we could do. You know, our kids still, I mean, to this day, this year at Easter time, my kids all came home that weekend and they wanted to know if we were having resurrection rolls on Sunday morning, which is a little you know, our breakfast, we'd make it the night before with bread and marshmallows and the marshmallows melt out and the next morning and then it's an empty roll like the empty tune. So I just feel like it's important that we share ways that we can tie the, you know, a Christian celebration of Easter and a Christian celebration of Christmas and Advent and even Epiphany and encourage moms and dads to be able to do that in their own home. Those are mostly, as far as from a Christian perspective, what I have out there. There are other things like maybe it's St. Patrick's Day because, you know, I think it's important that we look at people in church history and look at that. I've got a St. Patrick's writing lesson that I'll throw out there that people can get. Just things like that through different holidays. I like to share activity guides that we have just for fun things because I think, I think school ought to be fun and not it's work a lot of times, but I think, you know, there are times that we ought to make it enjoyable, and our kids, I think, will remember a lot more if we do it that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it's just awesome to sit and um, and listen to how you and your husband have identified ways to educate your children, to minister to others through mission trips, and then also create and provide products based on where God has led you. It's just a huge testimony as to how um, we all need to be that way. And it's great to speak with someone who's who's gone down that path and can say, you have a testimony. I've been there. I've done that. This is what God has done. Um, you've not come across as being perfect by any means. Um, just a family trying every day to just, worship and honor and glorify God and that to me is just just beautiful. Uh, we need more of that. We need more real in this world, more grace um, and mercy, but truth. Not leaving that out of there <laughs> by any means. <laughs> um, well, Carrie, it's been great having you here today. Um, you can find Carrie on her website, How to Homeschool My Child. On her website, she has links to um, her page on Facebook, Pinterest, Google+, Twitter, YouTube. Have I missed anything? I don't think so. Probably not. <laughs> Whatever they're up there. Ah, Instagram. Oh, Instagram. I don't know if my Instagram is up there because I just got a smartphone. You, yeah. You've got Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, um, and then you can subscribe through email. I highly recommend it. I love getting um, Carrie's emails. She does not kill my inbox every day. Um, which I greatly appreciate because um, nobody has time to spend every day on email. 
So um, she has great recipes all the time. I'm sitting here right now looking at the one she did this past oh. weekend, breakfast casserole recipes, and now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> so, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I know that this is going to inspire many families, and if you're listening, um, share this with someone else. Share this with your friends who are who are trying to figure out, should I homeschool? Um, if I homeschool, what if one of my kids doesn't want to homeschool? Or what if we feel like one of our children should go to public school, one should go to private school, and another one should be homeschooled? It, it's doable. There are families doing that. Um, and if that is where God is leading your family, that is where you need to know you need to be. So, um, again, there's only so many minutes in a day, moms. Find those minutes. Find the way God wants you to spend those minutes. And spend each one rejoicing in him, rejoicing in his grace and his mercy, um, in the beauty of being a mom, even when there might be eggs and milk spilled all over the floor. You have those children there, and there are so many moms around the world who are sitting with sick children right now, and they would love the opportunity for milk to be spilled on the floor. Um, so let's find opportunities to serve them as well. Carrie, is there anything else that you would like to share before we end this call for the day? I just want to say thank you for having me, and thank you um, for your heart to help moms. And I, you have actually been an example to me in being honest with people and, um, you know, just seeing things that are going on in the Christian community, especially Christian moms, and being able to share those ideas and encourage uh, moms out there. And so I just really want to thank you for that. Thank you for letting me just be a part um, of one of your podcasts. I really appreciate that. And I just, um, you know, if there are moms out there that feel like they just need someone to talk to, they can always email me and we'll set up a time on the phone, you know, and visit and just, you know, see if I can help them in any way or just encourage. And if not, point them in the right direction or connect them with someone that might be able to help them. I'd be more than happy to do that for any of your listeners. Um. I, I highly recommend anyone and everyone connect to Carrie in any way that you can. Um, Thank you. We're going to end with a prayer and uh, and then my my fun music, which I just absolutely love. It just it brings it brings to mind a special movie that reminds me to grab hold of each moment. Um, so, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to sit and talk with Carrie today. Um, I pray that our words reach out to moms and dads across this world. They may be in the midst of deciding to homeschool. They may have a child who they're homeschooling and they need to make changes based on where you want their family to be. Um, thank you for the reminder that we don't need to be busy all the time, that we do need to place limitations on our children. They don't need to have everything or do everything or be everything. We need our homes to be the central part. Um, we need to be focused on their hearts and on you, glorifying you through all that we do setting that example for our children because they will walk in our path. They will walk the way they see that their fathers go, and they will remember their children's teaching. And we may not see that fruit immediately, but we know that you are faithful to us, and you have given us promises, and we can hold fast to you and sit at your throne daily. Thank you for Carrie. Bless her and her family in all that they do, dear Lord, that they do for you. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Harry, thank you again.
We hope you enjoyed today's show and will come back for future shows of Rejoicing Daily. You can find the podcast through the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com and listen at your convenience. Until next time, make sure you are Rejoicing Daily. Thank you.